in five, four, three, two, one. Action. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. I say this every week. It's time to stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. We always talk about gifts, passions. If you have a gift, lead with your gift. And don't let your age, friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. My interviews on Money Making Conversations are with celebrities, CEOs, and entrepreneurs. My next guest is, uh, I'm going to call him a good friend. Because off-air, man, we've been <laughs> laughing to talk about food. Pastor Mike McClure, Jr. He's the senior pastor at Rock City Church in Birmingham, Alabama. As an artist, Pastor Mike has garnered three stellar awards, most notably Artist of the Year. Don't sleep on that now. Artist hey. of the Year at the 2021 Stellar Awards. His crossover single, I Got It, was number one on gospel radio in four weeks consecutively, 23 weeks on R&B charts. Pastor Mike will be... Closing ceremony performer, closing ceremony performer, along with other national acts for the World Games 2022 in Birmingham, y'all. See, I didn't That's even know right. that. That's why I got him on the show. I didn't even know that. The World Games is an international sports event held every four years in the same year following each Summer Olympic Games. Staged over 11 days, the game represents the pinnacle of competition for 3,600 of the world's best athletes in 30 different unique sports. The World Games, World Games generates worldwide exposure, but also we're here to talk about the world are exposed to the pastor back to generate down there in Birmingham. See, all people, everybody try to push you to a big city. Got to go to LA. Got to go to New York. Got to go to Chicago. Now everybody tell you to go to Atlanta. He two hours down the road from Atlanta and tearing it up. Tearing it Let's up. Let's go. Come on. He's down there building his dream. And that's what this show is about. Building your dream. Please work with the Money Making Conversation. Pastor Mike McClure Jr. Big bro, I am so excited to be here. And I know I love how you said it. Everybody always tries to push you to Atlanta, to L.A., to Nashville. I'm a firm believer that you should bloom where you're planted. And we're winning right here from Birmingham, Alabama. So I'm excited to be here. And hopefully I get my picture on that wall real soon. Come on now, come that? on. See, first of all, we, we got a long interview because we're going to laugh about some stuff. Because I want to point some things out to some people about that. You know, if you don't have a, a talent or a gift, I don't care where you move. Nobody's going to recognize it or appreciate it. That's right. I remember That's right. when I when I did stand-up comedy, I was based out of Houston, Texas. That's where I'm born and raised, Houston, Texas. I moved to New York. And then I moved to L.A. I, just, I was doing television and everything. Then all yeah. of a sudden, when I was in L.A., Pastor Mike, I decided, you know something? I'm going to go back to Houston, and I'm going to become the biggest star I could be or can wow. be in Houston. And I did. I opened a comedy club, just blew up. And guess what? I got uh, I got cast in Jason's lyrics, and then I got brought back by Steve Harvey to write on his first oh, wow. sitcom. ABC's wow. me and the boys. So by moving back to Houston, where people said I would not become a star, I went there, became a star, and guess what? People moved, came and got me. They got me for, they saw my talent. So sometimes understanding what you're trying to do in life, you don't necessarily have to move to achieve success, but you have, a, have to have a plan. And that's why you're successful in Birmingham, because you have a plan, Pastor Mike. Let's talk about that. Absolutely, man. I believe planning is absolutely critical. You know, um, what's so incredible, even when you look biblically, God says, uh, let there be light in there was, let there be flying things in there was. Before he put a steward in place, he had a plan. Uh -huh. He says, I cannot put man in place if he has no assignment. And I'm with you, man. So many people were telling me, man, you need to go to Atlanta. You need to go to L.A. Uh -huh. I had a plan. I had a strategy. And I believe first things you have to understand is, what is your unique assignment? Because what this is what I discovered. I don't want to go too churchy, mm -hmm. but favor isn't always geographical. 
Right. Just because you're special in Birmingham, if I go to Atlanta, there are a million Pastor Mike Juniors. Uh-huh. So you have to win where you are, man. So I'm excited about that, and I really believe uh, that the best is yet to come. Well, you know, I was talking to my boy Todd Delaney. I call him. The yeah. ch- I call him the Church Outlaw. <laughs> 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 and, and because I, I tell him to just be himself, you know, because so That's many right. people try to def- give a definition of ch- what ch- the Bible is, what church is, why you're supposed to go to church. Church is where your belief, if your belief is 100% or 100, it, it's, it's wherever it want, where you want to worship. Church plays an important role in that. But important in, in, in being that you have been, your congregations have been huge, Pastor Mike. Yeah. And, yeah. You, and so, but you didn't just get there overnight. When did you realize what you were doing, your sermon, your message was starting to be related to by not just a few, but thousands? I think the first thing we have to understand is that when people are trying to be successful, the first thing you have to understand is the origin of success. Since I was a kid, people have been telling me there's something different about you. So for me, it was singing solos with my father. I had the largest youth ministry in the state of Alabama. You know, I was drawing seven, eight, nine hundred young people on a Monday night in my dad's church for youth church. You know, so when we started the church at 25, I held a spaghetti dinner downstairs in my dad's basement. I held, a, I brought, invited about 50 or 60 people down and uh, I shared my vision. We raised about $12,000 that night. I paid my rent up for six months. Mm-hmm. I bought my sound equipment with the other half and we said, let's see God. I knew we had something special when people just started coming out of nowhere. If I can give you the fast forward version, because we don't have all day, I know that. 2009, I'm going to say 10 people show up. 2010, close to a thousand 2011 is over 6,000 people in the Boutwell to the point where the fire marshal is stopping has to stop letting people in and that's when it hit me I said man we're doing something special and I believe so many times uh we miss on being who God called us to be Mm -hmm. because we're bent on doing what we want to be. That's why I tell everybody, uh, church is absolutely vital. Like you said, man, it's absolutely vital for our development, but your relationship with God is more important. And sadly, people limit their relationship with God on where they go physically. That I believe that if your relationship with God is tight, we learned during the pandemic, I can have church wherever I am. Absolutely. And and, and church has always been the forefront of to a lot of people for crisis, you know. That's right. You know, know, like they always say, you know, when you, when you 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 can't find God when you're doing good, but when you're doing bad, That's you right. find Him all the time. It's that <laughs> it's that it's that, it's that classic car, a hallmark car. When you know, when you you're walking and doing the doing the doing the uh, doing, doing doing the time, you you see two footprints, four footprints, and then yeah. you see two footprints when you don't when you when you're doing bad. And they said, God, when I'm you. doing bad, I don't see two prints. He said, I'm carrying you. That's I'm right. carrying you through those hard times. And that's what that's really right. what you're doing with your life in Birmingham. You're carrying people. But the pandemic was a hard time for a lot of people. And, it's, and guess what? It ain't over with. That's right. It, it has been it, it has it is is germinated to a Delta variant now. So how do you deal with your congregation? Because the, the you know, church doors were shuttered. You know, you couldn't go in there. It was mandated nationally. How did you and how are you dealing with that whole Safety of the congregation versus generating the word of God to your same congregation. 
Well, uh, we were the first church in the state of Alabama to close our doors before it was a mandate. Mm -hmm. Um, The Wednesday before everything broke loose, the Holy Spirit led on my heart, Michael, get ahead of this thing. I shut my doors and, uh, of course, pastors and churches began to ridicule me because they said, this boy don't have any faith. I believe there's a thin line between faith and foolishness. And sometimes foolishness puts on faith's clothes. If you're not careful, you will call something faith that's really foolish. Mm -hmm. And then in my heart, I felt the need to just kind of get ahead of it. And so during this pandemic, I want to say this, and I want to be as sensitive as possible. And the words of that beautiful author, it was the best of times, but it was also the worst of times. We lost lives. Things were difficult. But in the midst of a pandemic, um, God blessed me to have two number one songs. Big went number one, stayed on the chart for 10 weeks. The second year, I got it, went on the charts, stayed on the charts for uh, four weeks. I won five Stella Awards in a pandemic. We had over 6,000 people give their life to Christ virtually during a pandemic. Mm -hmm. So during the pandemic, I thought it was a nationwide reset. It caused everybody to reexamine what was important, who was important. Mm -hmm. Have I gotten better or have I gotten worse? So we are still virtual, although so many people are saying, man, come back, open the doors, open the doors. Mm -hmm. As for me, because thousands of people come to our church, I just feel the need to be responsible, you know, and say, hey, although you guys want to come back. Let's just be patient. Let's see what's happening with the Delta variant. Mm -hmm. And the moment I set a return date, lo and behold, Alabama had led the way the number one place in the country where we had ran out of hospital beds, Mm -hmm. we had ran out of uh, ICU units. So I just think it's all about being responsible and not being dogmatic about my approach to church. I think that's where we're separating. The methodology of everybody's different. Just because your church is open and mine is closed doesn't make you right or make me wrong. It's what's best for you and what you believe. But I also believe we see a trend, if we be honest, that although church doors are open, people aren't in a hurry to return at the rate in which they were before. So I think it's just not being dogmatic in our methodology concerning our Christology. Well, let's let's talk about, uh, when we talk about philosophies, when we talk uh-huh. about watching you do your thing, because we got a lot to talk about. You know, you, you threw out I got it. We talk about uh-huh. we talk about the world games. But first of all, I just want to talk about you and the whole principle of understanding your truths. Because I had to, you know, I would tell people it wasn't until I was in my 40s that I, I figured it out for Rashawn McDonald, Pastor Mike. That's you know? right. And that's so right. a lot of people shy away from that. When they hit a certain number, they think that that's it. And I tell people, you can figure it out at 50, you can figure it out at 60. But try to figure it out before you leave. Okay. That's right. That's and, right. And, and so when I, when I look at what you're doing with your church and with, with people coming at you, what is the most uh, because because you said something about the pandemic. You said, Rashawn, I want to be insensitive, but I reset myself during the pandemic. That's I, right. I felt that I kind of caught up with my competition during the pandemic, and my staff will tell you I was planning when I came out of country because I do a lot of live events. So I was mm-hmm. planning to to win as soon as you gave me the go. And so, yeah. so do not ever consider that insensitive because what people learn about pandemic is that there are no handouts. And guess what? Yeah. It it put a lot of people equal. It told a lot of people who were successful, they became frustrated because they didn't have a plan. It made restaurants realize that carry out is the way to go. It made black yeah. people understand the value of technology. Hear me again, black people. Yeah. Black people yeah. understood the value of technology, even though it was resisting it. Even older generations understood the value of technology instead of dogging out millennials. And so That's it right. really leveled a lot of thought processes. And so when you when you come around as to what you're doing, when I was reading your bio, you gave out you gave out some free music there now. 
you you dropped a free <laughs> CD, and I'm going like, okay, pandemic was that good to you? Come on now. <laughs> hey man, I, I believe I believe, and and since we're talking money making conversations, I train. I have about. 1,300 people that I teach monthly on entrepreneur and creativity. Mm -hmm. uh, and what I'm trying to get them to realize sometimes is as African-Americans, so many times, everything about what we do business-wise and entrepreneurially is about paying the next bill, mm -hmm. not setting ourselves up for legacy. You know, I told my class the other day, I said, man, if you got a lawn company, I tell you what, go knock on two doors and tell them, hey, I want to be a blessing and cut these two yards for free. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee the person across the street going to ask, who did that? Mm -hmm. That's called free marketing. So for me, uh, giving away free music was my opportunity to say, hey, guys, here's a chance to believe in me. Mm -hmm. And the response was crazy, man. I believe people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And the pandemic exposed a lot, you know? Uh, I believe uh, I believe I was born in one year. I'll die in another year. Mm -hmm. It's the dash in the middle that matters. And if I can give your listeners something that's special, life isn't about duration. It's about donation. I'm mm -hmm. going to say that again. Mm -hmm. It's not about duration. It's about donation. It's not about how long you live, but how strong you live. You mm -hmm. know, everybody has length. Nobody has strength. Mm -hmm. So what the pandemic was, it, 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 it broadened your perspective on your impact and your influence. Mm -hmm. You do amazing and live shows, mm -hmm. you know, and there would be some trepidation. I wonder if it'll be the same. Would it translate virtually? Mm -hmm. And here we are now virtually. And what's crazy is you took a corner of the room and if they look at the corner of the room, they went to the shot that they have on your arm. Um, if your team would go to the camera shot now where you're sitting there and they can see me behind you on the screens, you have four TVs, five TVs in a shot. You have some picture <laughs> frames. You turn a corner into a live set. Mm -hmm. that can compete with every talk show in America <laughs> right there from your spot. Yes. That's being creative. Yes, And yes. I believe what we have to do as African-Americans, especially when resources oftentimes don't flow down. It was Malcolm X who said, when America catches a cold, black America gets pneumonia. So a lot of times when America gets creativity, black America is often 20 years behind the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And I believe what this pandemic has done for us, it's given us the ability to be creative because if we ain't nothing else as black people we creative. we creative yes oh my god you give us a little you give us the end of a pig we'll turn it into chitlins and everything you give us scraps we'll turn it into soul foods mm -hmm. because i believe in our in dna we are creative so to me man i always say i don't want to be insensitive because i want to be mindful that people lost loved ones during the pandemic i had to do virtual funerals mm -hmm. during a pandemic so while yes many of us were winning a lot of people were losing yes. but i believe it's finding a way to um embrace the wholeness of what we all went through i'm gonna tell you something man uh, you and i man we're gonna do some live events together because see <laughs> i'm gonna tell you something seriously pastor mike i see i see the uh mercedes benz i received that me and you let's go every seat yes, go sir. all seventy thousand. Seriously. 70,000. I received that. I'm just I'm being real about you, you know, because I'm, yes, I'm coming to Alabama September 11th for my HBCU college day tour. Oh, um, that's going to be cold. Go, go, you know, from 10 to 6, you know, I got the U.S. Air Force, Air Force Reserve, Air National Guard. I got the National Football League. I got Coca-Cola Bottlers United. All those coming. I got, I, got, uh, I got 14 HBCUs. It's a career fair. It's a wow. job fair. And it's a college fair for HBCUs, all free. 
See, that's wow. why I know we're going to connect. And so, yeah. so I'm like I said, I just got to bring it up because of the fact I'm hearing your tone, and it's about giving back. It's about you know holding an opportunity for the next man or the next woman, and that's what my Big HBCU bro. college fair is about. That that's what it's all about. In my city, we gave away 1.3 million dollars worth of medical debt relief. So I paid off one 1.3 million dollars worth of medical bills for every person in our city who was struggling with past due medical bills. We've given away over sixty thousand dollars worth of free gas, bought multiple homes, cars, everything, and everybody says, "Why are you doing this?" I remember, see, I made God a promise. If we was live, the whole stadium would be going crazy right now. Because <laughs> I made God a promise sitting on the curve in the hood when I said, we used to play a game called bingo. You remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah, a mm-hmm. car would ride by, you say, bingo, that's my car. Absolutely. I made God a promise. If you ever gave me an opportunity, I would be a blessing. And I believe from the depths of my soul, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And for me, giving back is what we do. And for, mm-hmm. and for you, you can see it all over you this college tour different things you've been doing they don't realize this even writing helping with steve harvey and all the th- different things you've done that's giving of your intellectual property mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that that that's what i call a residual blessing that mm-hmm. i was sitting at home laughing at a joke or laughing at a show that i had no idea you had your hand in you <laughs> healed people through somebody so i'm telling you man i believe and I'm going to stop talking when I say this. I believe as black black Americans, I believe this, man, our culture will go to another level if we embrace collaboration versus competition. Right. Collaboration mm-hmm. versus competition. I mean this. I could be, somebody hit me the other day. They was like, man, your music career is taking off. I struck a partnership with this company called Black Smoke, Kerry Douglas. Mm-hmm. And I said, we're going to be partners in this. And they was like, well, man, be careful. Don't give away too much. I looked him in his eyes and said, brother, this is what we're going to do. Whatever I make, we're going to make 50-50 off of it. I said, this is why. I can make 100% of $10 or 50% of $100,000. Right, 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 right. Because collaboration is the new thing. Think about this. When Mm -hmm. God made the world, he said, I can do the birds. I can do the trees. I can Mm -hmm. do the monkeys. I can do the water. I Mm -hmm. can do the sea. Mm -hmm. But when it came to the one thing that could generate revenue and Mm -hmm. produce, which was man, he said, let us. That's collaboration, big bro. And I believe money-making conversations, tip number one from Pastor Mike Jr., is solidify your team. Yes. Yep. Solidify your team. When it comes to my team, I need attendance. Mm -hmm. I need allegiance. Mm -hmm. I need agreement. I need attendance, agreement. I need allegiance. Mm -hmm. Right. And I need accountability. If you can give me them four, we can shake the world, man. Absolutely. And I 100% agree with you because, you know, things, two things important about it. Like this whole setup, a lot of people question, okay, why are you going to do it that way? Because sometimes you have to look past people who want, don't understand your vision and don't see the yeah. final results. That's called Absolutely. a visionary, okay? But I had to have a team to create this. Got to bring them in. What That's y'all right. think? And trust them. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. Because just because you write the check don't mean that you have to be there with making all the final decisions because sometimes Absolutely. somebody can see something different and make your check be better and your value a lot greater. Then in October 9th, 1990, I, I was I was sitting in the world. I was Because I got a lot of talents, Pastor Mike. And this is what runs into a lot of people. They go, man, you talented. What you going to do? I told God this, man. I said, God, listen, if you allow me to utilize my talents and I will give you max effort, max mm. effort and all my yeah. talents. I said, I give you max effort. I stopped. You know, I ain't, I'm not a rapper. I'm not an athlete. I stopped trying to play basketball. I stopped trying to act like I could sing. 
Okay, out writing, producing, you know what I'm saying, branding, marketing. That's what I focused on. I stopped trying to act. And then I walked away from stand-up comedy. I said, you know something, this ain't what I do. I focused on what I do. And that's what a lot of people make a mistake on. They get caught up in the dream, but not the results. Is that dream a reality? And so in 1990, I said, God, you give me max effort? I'm going to give you max effort. And he said, look here, you give me max effort? You can accomplish your dreams. And that's through hard work, that's through relationships, that's through accomplishing things that you're not supposed to. And that's, that's what you're right. doing in your life today. That's why I love your energy, because of the fact that we are different age groups. We're living in different cities. But one thing we do share in common, faith, yeah. hard work, and yeah. relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Relationships are everything. And I want to free somebody right now because you touched on something that I think we have to kill, debunk and demystify in our culture. And that's this uh, that's this punishment of being talented in multiple areas yes. with there's a there's a remnant. Of people, I used to say a generation, but that limits us to age group. I want to say a remnant. There's a remnant <laughs> or a tribe of people that are rising who are um who have an ambidextrous anointing. Mm-hmm. They're blessed in both hands. They mm-hmm. can write and sing mm-hmm. or produce and create. Mm-hmm. You know, and I there's a quote that we say that we say wrong. It says to be a jack of all trades is to be a master of none. That's an incomplete statement because the original quote is. To be a jack of all trades is to be a master of none, but to be better than that which has one, Mm -hmm. which means I may be able to do a lot of stuff and I may not master everything, but I'm better at what I do than the people who think they mastered it. There you go. And so for you, you said something that was critical. And and I was talking to somebody yesterday and they was like, man, seeing you do all this stuff has to be so mind blowing. I said, I want you to succeed. It's a guy who's close to me. I said, I want you to succeed in music the same way I'm succeeding. But at some point you got to stop and say, God got his hand on this. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like to, to go, they told me no other artist in the history of gospel music has ever went from new artists of the year, their first year. To artists of the year, their second year. Mm-hmm. You can't write that script. That's God. You know, there mm-hmm. is no um there. I, I tell everybody when you look at Joel Osteen with 50,000 people pre-pandemic in an arena, there is no 50,000 person sermon. Or you look at Steve Harvey, there is no uh 20,000 seat arena joke. Yes, yes, yes. At yes. some point, God just blesses it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think what we got to stop as black people and not and just people in general, mm-hmm. uh, we tend to we tend to downplay the writer and celebrate the speaker. Yes. Yes. So, so a lot of us are falling in love with artists who didn't even write the song. They just sunk it. Right. And don't even realize the artist broke and the person who wrote it living in a mansion somewhere. <laughs> it, it's called hey, copyright and ownership. You know? Hey, man, that's me, brother. Pastor Mike. You know, like I said, you don't, you might not recognize me, but guess what? Recognize. Hey. So recognize. Hey. Recognize. Hey. I mean, we may not recognize you, but when a Negro sitting there with a shiny ball head, five TV screens, a microphone, and a smart water with a basketball and a glass case, that's Bill Russell, baby. That's Bill Russell right there, man. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay? Artist of the Year, Pastor Mike. Let's Three stellar go. awards, Pastor Let's Mike. Go. Performing Let's in go. the closing games of the world's games of 2022. All I can That's just right. tell you this. Those honors were for 2021. When a lot of people yeah. were feeling sorry for themselves, a lot of people were complaining <laughs> about life, he was accomplishing those tasks in 2020 to be honored in 2021. And so right. I say that before we go over to the world game conversations is this. It's when it's, I would, I, you know, I would tell you something, man. I remember when I was on Senior Hall and 
I was writing his uh, sitcom and it, was, it got canceled. And I wore one of my best suits into mm. the building. The guy said, man, why are you all dressed up? I said, why shouldn't I be? I said, mm. it's not a sad day for me. And so a lot of people take sadness. I remember I did the eulogy for my mom and my dad wow. and my sister. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Wow, that's hard. And, and I did that because of the fact I wanted to make sure that the message of how great they were and how important they were for me and my family was told. Yes, that sir. was told. Yes, sir. And so when I look at you, the world game is 2022. That didn't come about based on something you did last year. That was just like you were saying. Joel Osteen used to write used to write the, uh, the the sermons for his dad. That's how he didn't want to preach. He, he didn't want to preach. He started Absolutely. writing it, and when his dad suddenly passed away, he was pushed to the forefront and was ready. Steve Harvey, didn't, he didn't want to do Family Feud. That wasn't his option wow. because he didn't want to be a traffic cop. And they turned him and made him the greatest star on television in America today. Now, look yeah. at you. World Games wasn't part of your journey. But guess what? When the opportunity to present itself, you didn't run from us. Tell us about the World Games. Tell about your role in it. Pass the mic, and let's keep talking. I'm I'm so excited about the World Games. They come around every four years after the Summer Games. Man, I'm telling you, it is so incredible. And I want to read this to you because I want to make sure I get this right. I want you to catch this. There are six categories of sports competitions, man. And I'm telling you what's so incredible about the World Games is all the people that come from across the world. Over 3,600 Athletes will come will converge on Birmingham, Alabama, from air sports to archery to billers to gymnastics. This was so important to me because I have four boys. My top three boys play football. They're starting on the football team. Mm-hmm. My third son, my middle son, Michael, is um is on the spectrum of autism. He has Asperger's syndrome. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times in the African American community, when we speak sports, is either football or basketball. Mm-hmm. Football. Basketball, right. music. Mm-hmm. I was able to look at him. We have a pool table downstairs. He's falling in love with pool. I said, Mike, guess what? He said, what, Dad? You can get an Olympic medal for billards. The World Games is so vital to our culture. I'm telling you, right. the entire world is coming to Birmingham, Alabama. It's a new generation of sports. We get a chance to witness history, a once-in-a-lifetime event. Look at this. I want to get this right. <laughs> there will be 200-plus medal competitions at the World Games in 2022, and many of the events are the sports world championship. That's critical. Take, for instance, the female team, USA baseball, softball team. Mm-hmm. They're competing now, but they will also be competing at the world games it's such an honor and to somebody who's dreaming big right now i never in my life thought i would be a part of the world games here's what's crazy uh big bro if you catch this they asked me to perform on the closing ceremony of the world games and help with the opening ceremony of the world games but before they ever asked me that they asked me to be an ambassador for the world games and i want you to catch this not because of the songs i sing not because of the billboard chart placements not because of the stellar awards but because I've been spending the last 12 years in my city loving people. Yes. And I want to submit to somebody right now, you are so busy trying to blow up that God will oftentimes check your motives. Let me give you this lesson and I'm going to let you go. Okay, here it is. God has two jobs. He either exalts or he humbles. 
I'm going to say it again. Either God exalts or he humbles. Make that make sense, Pastor Mike. If you humble yourself, God will exalt you. But if you exalt yourself, God will humble you. And one thing I love about what you're saying, man, with all that you've done, and I really feel I've not just gained a friend or a big brother, but I've gained a mentor and an advisor who I can run some stuff by and say, yes. nah, young blood, chill yes. right there. Because you give me something, and I want all your listeners to catch it. These are money-making decisions. You give me something I can't pay for, which is speed. Mm-hmm. If you're able to give me advice about everything you learned in 30 years and 30 minutes, mm-hmm. I just gained the speed of moving at a pace <laughs> that I normally couldn't move at. Yes. So for me, man, like you said, working with the World Games is such an honor. Shout out to our mayor, uh, Randall um, Wolfen, who was just reelected to the entire board, reelected to the entire board, the entire committee, who's absolutely phenomenal. Birmingham, Alabama is being put on a national stage and we will not disappoint from building a new stadium to upgrading uptown. Downtown is beautiful. We're renovating all over the place. Go get your tickets because it's going down at the world game. We shutting it down in Birmingham, Alabama. Pastor Mike, man, first of all, man, I got to come because we got to do Dreamlands and we got to do Rodney Scott. Okay. Rodney Scott. We gonna go either way. We go. We gonna just go. What we gonna do? What we gonna do? I got, right? this I got, do I got another one for you. I got. I got another one for you. Okay. Uh. Uh-huh. And a and a place called Yo Mama. Okay. If you go to Yo Mama. <laughs> it's gonna make you <laughs> slap your mama. <laughs> anyway, Pastor Mike, man, thanks for coming on Money Making Conversations, brother. I appreciate thank you, you, man. So much. Uh, we I will thank see you each so other. Much. You, you're a blessing, brother. And this, uh, I, this show has allowed me to meet so many new friends, man, and, and so many people that I have started to mentor because I've told everybody, man, I'm not gonna leave this world with knowledge that I can share. And I'm not gonna if I if you take a if you take my information and make a million dollars with it, it's your money, it's your dream. Cause I couldn't do it. So that's what the blessings of me being in your life is that I'm not here to gain, I'm here to give. And understand that. Cool. Uh thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation. If you want to hear any of my interviews or see any of my interviews on Money Making Conversation, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I am Rashawn McDonald. I am your host.